What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Today, special bonus episode for you guys. I don't even know, half of you probably didn't even listen to yesterday's episode, wherein I was fighting the robots Tooth and nail, me versus the T2. Goddamn computer kept turning into liquid, reforming into all sorts of things. Turned into a giant two-headed dildo. Didn't know how to handle it. Said, get out of there with this computer. I'm not into that sort of thing, at least not yet. Got a lot of other sexual perversions to experiment with before I get to a goddamn robotic two-headed dildo monster from the future. But anyway, now I'm back on my regular computer. So let's, let's catch up. Yesterday... I wanted to talk about this whole Candace Owens situation. I wanted to talk about uh, Sarah Zhang of the New York Times. I did talk about that a little bit, how Sarah Zhang is without a doubt racist against white people. And uh, Candace Owens had taken her tweets, replaced white people with other races, and was summarily suspended from Twitter. Unbelievable. Just beyond ridiculous. Ridiculous. So... Taking that to the next step, news has come out that Alex Jones has now been booted off of YouTube, off of all Google platforms, off of Apple platforms, and off of Facebook. And this all happened on the same day, which indicates that it is without a doubt a coordinated attack that was pre-planned against Alex Jones by these big three tech companies. And I'm hearing rumors that it was coordinated by CNN lobbying. And of course, CNN would do this. Why why wouldn't they? (laughs) Why wouldn't they? But... The thing that makes no sense is that this is under the auspices of combating fake news and combating. They say also that it was against hate speech. And if there's one thing that Alex Jones is not known for, it's hate speech. I mean, the guy might have some insane theories and no one's going to argue with that. But you're telling me that YouTube is cracking down on Alex Jones because of his crazy theories about uh, chemicals turning the frogs gay. You know, his most famous uh, (laughs) crazy conspiracy theory. And it's not cracking down on any of the other nutballs who are posting content on there. I mean, shit, I told on this show, or maybe it was a special show, uh, maybe it was a pride show, about a a mishap in my own career wherein there was a YouTube video of a man shooting paint up his own ass and then exploding it onto a canvas. And it was in multiple colors, not just like, hey, it's just yellow paint. You know, we can all ignore yellow paint. No, no, no. All the primary colors, all the secondary colors, all the tertiary colors, they were all up there. They were all up his ass. And then they were all in the canvas. That was on YouTube. But yet they have to crack down on Alex Jones for hate speech. And and I've not seen a single thing about hate speech from Alex Jones. But that's what this... I mean, this is the black hole of hate speech. Just as why I mean, hate speech is simply that the left hates free speech. Hate speech, you hate speech. That's it. You hate people's ability to speak freely. Because it is a nebulous, undefinable thing. 
And if you try to make it something else, I saw some arguments, somebody was saying, well, instead of saying it's hate speech, why don't they, don't these people say that it violates their code of conduct, which again is the same thing. It's also a nebulous bullshit thing that they made up, which can be adjusted and curtailed at any time or targeted at people on a whim. Thus, it becomes a very powerful tool. And in today's society where these companies have become so powerful as platforms for speech and platform for, for, uh, blah, 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 platforms for making money, it becomes an incredibly effective tool to destroy someone. And that's what's happened with Alex Jones. Now, I'm not saying that these private companies don't have the right to do that. However, I do think that companies like Facebook that do have conversations with the government that are constantly in touch with the government might have more of an obligation to protect free speech since they are dealing with the government. And I don't know what Facebook's books look like. I should look at their, um, really, I should look at their public statements that they're issuing because they should have to disclose where their money's coming from if it is coming from the government. Uh, kind of a Planned Parenthood situation there, right? Although we saw with Planned Parenthood, it doesn't really matter either. But the one institution that stood up and said, you know what, Alex Jones hasn't violated any of our rules is oddly enough, Twitter. Yes, Twitter has actually stood up for Alex Jones. And this comes in the midst of Scott Horton and Peter Van Buren being booted off the platform. Peter Van Buren booted off the platform for good. And why, you might ask, why was Peter Van Buren, who was a former uh, government, you know, working within the government, and then he turned into a whistleblower. And now he's just a, a personage, an author, I guess, who was responding to a cocksucker of a journalist named Jonathan M. Katz, who said, we appreciate you taking the time to admit you're a garbage human being after Van Buren had called the media out on being complicit in every government lie ever told because he said, look, I lied as a government entity. You know, when I was working for the state, I, I lied to the public and you guys ate it up with a spoon, which as we know happens constantly, which is what makes this whole Trump lies bullshit so hilarious when the media harps on it. But... Peter Van Buren re replied to, to this journalist calling him a garbage human being and telling him he's humiliating himself with this. And I quote, I never knew journalists were so insecure. I figured you were just in on the long con serving the needs of government while pretending to serve the public, which is, as we know, what all people are doing. It's just me. Back to his quote. And with all your wordsmithing skills, your best jab is a personal insult against me. Sad. I hope a MAGA guy eats your face. Make America great guy. Eats your face. I mean, really, a very tame taunt, not, an even, not even a direct attack, not a direct threat. And this little fucking pussy bitch, Jonathan M. Katz, runs off and reports it to Twitter. Reports that. And that piece of shit got Katz booted off. Or not Katz, excuse me. Peter Vieron Bird booted off Twitter. He said, after two days of silence, Twitter sent me an auto response saying what I wrote, quote, harasses, intimidates, or uses fear to silence someone else's voice. <laughs> I mean, are, are you kidding? And look, transpose this is what the left does constantly, and now the right, which is embarrassing. But how about the left attacking people and trying to silence their voice by virtue of of adding their, their employers. I mean, isn't that harassing or intimidating somebody to try to challenge what their, their way of making a living is, but none of these people get quieted. Sarah Jong's not being quieted, but this guy responds in a, a humorous fashion to this asshole and he gets his fucking account deleted. 
And here's a quote from him. I lost my career at the State Department because I spoke out as a whistleblower against the Iraq war. I've now been silenced again for speaking this time by a corporation. That is just unreal. And then, so Scott Horton called Katz a boo-hoo little bitch via his Twitter account. And he was also suspended. I, I, it, I, I honestly, I'm to the point where I'm pretty much over Twitter. I, I'm really, while I'm participating it here and there, I'll throw a joke up. I don't read it. I have really cut back on the amount of time I spend on it because it just disgusts me. It's become a complete garbage uh, dump for all of the stupidest comments, the stupidest uh, trends, the stupidest mentalities, the stupidest tactics of society, and this echo chamber for the left in which to persecute people. I mean, look at what's happening with James Gunn. I mean, shit, why am I even having an account? It seems the risk is vastly outweighing the rewards at this point. And Facebook, God, get rid of Facebook too, man. Well, don't. I'm lying. Don't get rid of Facebook. Join our Lions of Liberty Forum, guys. <laughs> but, you know, I was just talking to a buddy of mine who, uh, actually, I'll give him a free plug. He runs a site called tblog.com, which uh, had had come to prominence kind of in the early days of social media. And uh, he just retooled it. And I reached out to him. And I said, hey, man, you got this platform. <laughs> it's just sitting there. Why are we not trying to turn this into a free speech platform where people can go and they know they're not going to be censored for bullshit like this? I'm going to see if I can get them to force it through. So check it out. If you listen to this podcast, go check out T-B-L-O-G, tblog.com. And uh, then join our forum. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know if you think that's something that we can turn into a free speech social media sharing platform. Because uh, if there's enough interest, I bet I can get my buddy on board. I mean, fuck, all he does... All he stands to do is make money off of it. And he is a progressive honk, but he's uh, one of those progressive honks that I can talk to. <laughs> God bless those people. So we have all this happening. We have all this showcasing of the tech companies, the fears basically we have about the tech companies, that Google has become so prominent that now, okay, if Google's going to shut down Alex Jones and remove his ability to platform a podcast, which, you know, in a, in a world where people have infinite choice of podcasts, why not just let them turn off? I mean, is this fear of Alex Jones so sincere that they have to say that he's using hate speech and shut him down? I mean, this reminds me of that Mel Gibson movie, Conspiracy Theory, wherein the guy throws out 55,000 conspiracies and he's passing out this wacky newsletter, and one of them happens to be exactly on point. So they have to kill the guy. Is this what we're seeing with Alex Jones? I mean, literally, is Alex Jones, did he hit on something where the media and the uh, the social media companies that are all talking to the government and the government itself, the CIA, is now like, fuck, we got we to gotta shut this motherfucker down. The frogs are turning gay. They also can bore into a man's chest when we play a certain keyboard sound. I mean, shit, something must have gone wrong. So anyway, that's just to finish up thoughts about that craziness. Um, another thing I want to talk about, though, while I've got your attention is that, and this just honestly boggled my mind to see, is that a poll came out saying that most Americans felt that race relations were worse under Trump. Now, this on its face, is completely idiotic. 
Because people are saying that, oh, well, yeah, the country uh, under under Trump's guidance, under his administration, race relations rose. No, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Now, I'm not saying that Trump's Trump's relations with black America, which actually Trump's relations with black America as a GOP candidate are better than any other GOP candidate, maybe in history. So race relations seem to be better there. And actually, a lot of Hispanic Americans support Trump more than they've supported other GOP candidates as well. So also, it uh, looks like race relations are better there. However, I love they do this poll and all these asshats that are on the left that are crying and whining and saying that Trump's the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil wears Prada, y'all, are saying that Trump's the devil and that he's a Nazi and that and that the alt-right is is going to take over America and that, the, and that he's dog-whistling white supremacists. And we saw what happened there. Oh, they had one little march. They got the shit beat out of him and they went home and now you don't hear fucking anything about him, right? Yeah, because they were a non-issue to begin with. White supremacists, while existing in America, are not a force to be reckoned with. And they won't be again unless we keep telling white America that, you know, go fuck yourselves, white America, and, uh, and telling them that they're the cause of all the ills of society and try to, uh, to crush their, their wills and crush their liberties. Because then, yes, then you're actually going to see white America rise up because then you're turning white Americans, as I said last show, into a group that actually is going to look at themselves and say, oh, shit, do we actually have to start protecting ourselves as white people? Which, you know, most white people don't really fucking think about. So to say that race relations are worse under President Trump, well, you know what? Not really. They're only worse because all of you progressive fuckholes keep making them worse. You keep trying to rile people up. You keep calling everybody that doesn't disagree with you a racist or a Nazi. You keep getting fucking triggered. You keep talking about the disparity in how many people are uh, of color working for the Fed, for fuck's sake. For the goddamn Fed. There is a thing called Fed Up that's talking about the fucking Fed and saying that there's not enough people of color in there. I have a solution. Fucking get rid of it. Problem solved. Done. Everybody wins. <laughs> so just, you know, 82% of Democrats, of course, responded that relations have gotten worse. 25% of Republicans said the same. These fucking Democrats, man. I just, it is madness. It is derangement syndrome. If you look at race relations going back, they have never been better. Things have never been better for virtually every single segment of the population. Now, I will say the notable exemption to that is what I would say, and I've said this before in various podcasts, but I feel that in truth, black America was on a vastly better upward trajectory as a whole back in, say, the 50s, 60s. Because you had families staying together. Yeah, this is before the drug war. This is before the goddamn CIA put crack in the black communities. And then they started over-policing the communities. And they started putting black people in jail at an unprecedented rate. They started breaking up families. They started making it more difficult for those families to reconnect. So this is all before that happened, where you had black home ownership on the rise. You had black education on the rise. You had black people uh, and their salaries on the rise. And then the government comes in and fucks it all up. <laughs> but still, if you're telling me that black culture at any point has been less accepted than it is today, you are fucking smoking the same crack that Ronald Reagan is pushing into those, those black communities. Black culture, black artists, black music, black actors worshipped. 
in America today by the vast, vast majority of people. And while we can say, okay, you know, if you want to bisect different stats to prove that, um, you know, rocket scientists or black people are underrepresented as rocket scientists, I'm sure you can find a way to do it. Just like you can find a way to prove virtually anything if you are funded and you have a goal of proving this one obscure thing. But I'm sorry. To me, there is still a lot of opportunity. And to say that race relations are worse is, a, it is not a product of racism. It is not a product of systematic white privilege. It's not a, a product of any of those things. It is a product of concept and culture that is being pushed by the left, which is serving to divide people rather than bring them together. And that's just what it is. So this poll's bullshit. It's like completely unsurprising, but it's still bullshit. And one more thing just to wrap it up, guys. Uh, I'm not going to do show notes for this episode. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So you could Google it if you want. But the last thing I wanted to talk about is that in Dallas, they had a bike sharing program. And the mayor put an $800 per bike registration fee on the bike sharing company. And then on top of that, a $21 registration fee for some other bullshit. So all these bikes from a Chinese company called Ofo, and there were something like 5,500 of them, plus there were a bunch of other sharing companies. This motherfucker puts these taxes on them, which basically means that they are impossible to keep going. They don't have that much of a profit margin. I mean, it's a bicycle. People aren't going to pay $20 to ride a bike. They want to pay $2 to ride a bike. So the company was just like, oh, $800 per bike? Nope. Dumped them all at the recycling center. And now the mayor, this piece of shit that killed the bike sharing program. And by the way, there were some 20,000 bikes in the city. Now there are 3,500. <laughs> so the dickhead mayor of Dallas, now he's saying, oh, well, you know, we're, we're, you guys shouldn't have recycled these bikes. You, you guys are assholes. I can't believe it. You're just dumping this metal. And, you know, why don't you donate them? And the company's like, well, you know, we donated the ones that were still working. But, you know what? You killed our company. Now you want us to go out of our way and spend more money to find donations for these bikes? Do you know how much time and money and transportation and effort it would take to do that? To find homes for 5,500 bikes after they killed off all of their profits and made it impossible for them to exist? I mean, God, it, 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 the Dallas Bears lucky they didn't throw them in the goddamn river, build a giant beaver, beaver, bam, beaver dam and flood the city of Dallas. And apart from Eric July, who I would have hoped would have lived, it would have been a good thing because Dallas sucks and the Dallas Cowboys suck. And on that sports reference, guys, we're going to wrap up this bonus episode of ELL. Thank you for listening. You're champions. I encourage you to listen to our last show. And don't forget, guys, to listen to all of our other shows. Mark, on Mondays with his in-depth interviews with the Libertarian leaders, with uh, John Odie Odermatt on Fridays with Felony Fridays. And also make sure to check out our soon to be published interviews called uh, Candidates of Liberty. That's going to be coming out with interviews with people that are running for office nationwide that are in interesting races. So we're going to be introducing, uh, introducing that very soon. 10-minute interviews. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that special, special content from us. But if you want the extra, extra special content where you get to hear all the best stories and you get to hear the uh, special libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor shows. You get to hear degenerate gamblers where me and Odie and Rico tell horrible stories and also talk some gambling, make some bets. If you want to listen to our conspiracy corner shows, which we should talk about whether or not 
I think maybe the next show, we'll talk about Alex Jones and which conspiracy theory we think was the one that put him over the top. <laughs> uh, and all sorts of other great content, guys. So make sure you go to uh, lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. You can become a patron of ours for as little as $5 or as much as 100 and you too can have advertisements on this very show. We like to uh, to have our advertisers also be our listeners and supporters. Cyclical, baby. Keep it cyclical. All right, guys. For me, Brian McWilliams from Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged in to Liberty.